step back into comfort or step forward into growth, as they say. And I figured, hey, if I don't jump now and do something out of my comfort zone, and when I say comfort zone, doing a job very much like I've done in the past, you know, I knew I, w- I would never make that jump. That was Mike Kinney, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Welcome back to Guild Stories. Without um, further ado, I just I want to jump into the intro. We've got Mike Kinney with us today. Mike is the executive director of Warriors Ascent and has a very long, distinguished, wonderful service career that, that uh, instead of reading word for word, we'll just jump in and have Mike maybe uh, uh, walk us into his story a bit. And I can't wait to tell the, tell the Warriors Ascent story to the listeners of Guild Stories, man. Thanks so much for being with us, Mike. Justin, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I feel honored, man. Like I feel um, privileged every conversation that we get to have um, on this on this little journey of our podcast. But I feel especially indebted and grateful and 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 um, thankful for your time. And and I'm eager to hear your story. By way of quick intro, we got connected through a mutual friend, and I think Tony is, is Tony on your board. Is that right? He uh, was. Okay, yeah, at one time okay. he was the board chair, yeah, for Warriors Descent. Yep. Got it. So Tony Hoffman, um, in his big heart and wise um, connection, sent an email and was like, hey, you two need to know each other and talk. And so uh, grateful for Tony and, and certainly looking forward to hearing and connecting here today. Um, so for those that might not know, give us a quick kind of the elevator pitch on Warriors Ascent. And then before we go too deep into that, after that, I'd love for you to kind of wind it all the way back and tell us about you, where you grew up, and, and let's start to hear your story sure. a little bit. Sure. No, fantastic. Hey, so Warriors Ascend is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps veterans and first responders with PTS. We like to say that we empower our participants to take ownership of their lives and healing, and we do so with a five-day retreat that provides our participants the tools to heal and tend the mind, body, and soul as a former special forces officer, as was the case, you know, in my time in, in SF, we like to say that it was sent to capacity building model and that we endeavor to work ourselves out of the job. So I'll say I've brought over the same ethos from my time in special forces to worries ascent. And really what it is that we're looking to do is I'll say, teach men and women to fish versus giving them fish. Mm. So that's where the capacity building comes in. So really in the end, we want to train them to be at least to a degree, you know, self-sufficient. And that way we, we give them tools that really help them embark on their own journey to healing their own healing process. So that's, uh, that's what we do at Warriors Ascent. So, you know, I'd say really our, our value proposition is it's holistic, no pharmacology. I know that's a big selling point. Mm. Um, these are things and practices that people can do at home. So that's one. Number two, I'll never oversell it, but five days. We make quite an impact in five days. So much so that we've had numerous people that have been through other, I'll say, even longer programs inpatient say they got more out of our program than they've gotten a lot of, got, gotten out of a lot of others. Wow. So in those five days, we, we jam-pack a lot of, uh, I'll say, a lot of goodness hmm. into, into those days. 
Mm. So that's powerful. Thanks for sharing. I can't wait to we'll, we'll we'll unpack that in a deeper way as we move forward. Um, but yo, tell us who's Mike. Like, why wind us back? Who? Where'd you grow up? And start to kind of give us the story of of your journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. Nice. It's every once in a while, the accent will come out. You know, but I've spent so much time, I think, in the Midwest and, you know, training in the South. I think, uh, for the most part, the, uh, you know, the Jersey accents left me. But every once in a while, there'll be, you know, there'll be something that, that ekes Can't out. Can't take that, it all the way out. That, that, exactly. Right. You know, but no, I, I grew up in New Jersey. Um, geez, I, you know, wrestled in high school. Um, you know, so that's, I'll, I'll say, my sports background. Um, did you know, martial arts, karate, things like that. Mm. So, uh Went to Rutgers University for one year okay. in the engineering program. I tried to get into West Point, and I got uh, disqualified medically. Like I had a hernia or something like that. I don't know if it was from wrestling or what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, got in, you know, reapplied, got in next time. So, uh, you know, went to West Point, boxed for West Point. Um, geez, after that commission as an infantry lieutenant in the 101st Airborne Division Air Assault. Mm. 3187 Iron Rock Sons, and then... Uh, Went to Special Forces Assessment and Selection, you know, a couple years later. And then I, uh, I'll say, spent the rest, if not the preponderance of my career, as a Special, of- or a special Forces Officer. Mm-hmm. Um, retired in 2015 mm-hmm. as a Lieutenant Colonel. And then uh, took the helm of Warriors Ascent. I was brought on board a former boss of mine. who was a Special Forces Colonel that I was working for at Fort Leavenworth at the Commander General Staff College. Mm-hmm. Uh, was approached by a former boss of his, you know, retired brigadier general, West Point grad, who uh, said, do you know anybody that wants to take the directorship of a <laughs> fledgling, you know, nonprofit that helps veterans and first responders with PTS? So at the time I had a, you know, a, a GS or general schedule government job lined up. Um, but my boss and I, we'd always, always talked about entrepreneurship and I'd always had some entrepreneurial leaning. So part of my uh, I'll say off-ramp, you know, transition while I was at Leavenworth was going to the Kaufman Fast Track program. Mm. So, you know, I had the opportunity to do that, which was great. And I, I'd say that really fostered um, and cultivated a, an entrepreneurial spirit, at least to a degree. Mm. So at that point, I was like, well, you know, I can, either, I can either step back into comfort or step forward into growth, as they say. And I figured, hey, you know, I, if, if I don't jump now and do something out of my comfort zone, and when I say comfort zone, you know, kind of doing a job very much like I'd done in the past, um, you know, I knew I, w- I would never make that jump. So I jumped at the chance, really, f- to uh, to take Warriors Ascent, and, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. One, you can't beat the mission, helping veterans and first responders with PTS. We like to say serving those that served. So that's one. And then number two... Uh, Geez, really taking for all intents and purposes what amounts to a nonprofit startup, really from you know, inception or, or you know early stages to where we are now. And now, granted, we're not a multi-million-dollar enterprise by any stretch, but uh, I've been able to exercise a lot of I'll say entrepreneurial muscles. You know, in the in the discussion that we were having, you know, even you know prior to to you know getting on online here. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It really is. And then trying to I'll say migrate a career military skill set over into uh, into business. It's interesting. Some of it correlates very nicely, and then some, it, it's a little <laughs> bit more difficult. Sure. You know, and that's been the learning curve, but it's been super rewarding in that in that manner. Well, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing. It's, um, 
you you packed a lot into those three or four minutes as if it was like <laughs> um, each of those segments clearly has depth and context to it that that um, that I'm sure folks are just going holy smokes like boxing it boxing at West Point what'd that look like is that a team is that a oh no uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the story there um, boxing plebe boxing so plebe that's you know first okay. year at West Point plea boxing is a, is a formative experience at the academy. I can imagine. Yeah, and, uh, you know, God bless West Point. You know, what, what a great institution. Be- better, you know, in the rearview mirror as I've left, you yeah. know, because while you're there, it's a grind and a half. Mm. No, but the, uh, mm. I- I'll call it, you know, the genius of the military academy are these, uh, I don't even know what you would call it per se, but um, mm. your physical education endeavors, you know, one of which is boxing, the other's wrestling, a variety of things. The intent there being inoculating you to interpersonal violence, as they say. <laughs> and it's very, very interesting because, you know, they'll say every cadet and athlete and every athlete challenged. So, you know, mine is a martial arts background, a, a wrestling background. So I'm, I'm pretty used to getting pummeled, <laughs> you know, you know, or, or, you know, mostly hopefully doing the pummeling, but I've, 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 you know, had more than my share of, of you know, Both, be- of right, beatings, you right. know, it's, it's character building, you know, but, uh, it's awesome. but no, I mean, I, I think uh, West Point realized that not every individual, you know, we're in, I hate to say, but we're in mm. the business of interpersonal violence, you know, as military people. And uh, they realized that not everyone had had that experience. So beyond just the skill set, you know, whether it be wrestling, you know, grappling, pugilism, you know, the actual skills, it's this notion that you've got another person on the other side of the ring wishing to do you harm and in, in a way that's paralyzing. So beyond just, and, and I've been in these situations too where you realize this guy's better than me. No matter what I do, I'm, 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 gonna, come out, I'm gonna come out on the losing end of this. Um, but that's a little bit different, you know, than, oh my God, I've never been punched in the face before, or I've never had, you know, another individual actually wanting to assert their, you know, control or dominance over me. And, you know, people just get paralyzed. And to see that, you know, you realize not everyone's had that experience. So, you know, yeah, West Point was, I'll say, big into that, you know, contact collision sports, you know, whether it be football or what have you. I mean, not to turn people into mindless automatons or anything like that, but just to get people used to, you know, cadets used to that rigor, mm-hmm. you know, and that notion that, hey, inter- interpersonal, you know, dare I say violence, but, mm-hmm. you know, contact, you know, or competition, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be ready for it. Yeah. No. Now, so, yeah, that and, you know, yeah, th- then they'd have the, you know, the brigade open, you know, boxing championships. I won that twice, which nice. was nice. So I was, I was pretty decent. You know, I'm never going to say I was anything stupendous, but uh, at, at the collegiate level, I was, I'll say I was solid. <laughs> I, you would, um, you would, yes, I, I think that's a fair, fair assessment, a very humble assessment, but a fair one. Um, the, the, if you wrote a book about your time at West Point, like what would the big chapters be in, in the sense of lessons learned, character formed, like, uh, you know, in the quick snapshot of that period of your life, what were the like, oh man, like if I wrote the top 10 blog post tomorrow, here's the th- stuff that would flow out of it. No, that's an interesting question. So, you know, we were talking about Tony and he's a West Point grad as well, yep. but you know, I would say grit, you know, if you mm-hmm. read Angela Duckworth's book mm-hmm. of the same title, right? Yep. Grit. Yeah. She says, you know, uh, oddly, you know, West Pointers and special forces guys are what he would call 
or she would call paragons of grit. And, you know, what she'll say is, you know, some of the secrets to success, you know, what, why, why some people are successful and, and others maybe not so much. Sometimes it's intelligence and IQ and, and, you know, various other things, but more often than not, it's grit and determination, resilience. And, you know, there's certain people that kind of stand out, you know, or I'll say even experiences, you know, call, you know, call it, call it whatever, but I'd say grit is chief among them. It's a grind, and, and West Point was one of those experiences where it, it will find a weakness. There's every once in a while, there's some guy or gal that, you know, for whom everything seems relatively easy. Mm. And you're like, oh, my Lord, how can they have it all? They're physically fit, brilliant, you know, attractive, good, look, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're very personable, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, man. Um, but West Point was one of those experiences where it would find, find it would too. find something that you weren't, whether that was by design or, or happenstance, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, it was one of those things. The other I, I would say is desire, motivation. You know, for me, in every anything that I've done that was really hard, you know, so. West Point, Ranger School, Special Forces, you know, all of that. It was really because, man, I really want to do that. And it wasn't, yeah, and you'll, you'll hear this sometimes, you know, like Ranger or whatever. Oh, well, you know, hey, girls like that. And it's like, what, whatever, man. <laughs> that's, that's the wrong reason. You know, you got to want to be a Ranger. Yep. Um, when, when your motivation is there, when it's a true goal that you feel viscerally, like, I, I want that, you know, I want to be that. Um, and you don't let anything stand in your way. That, that's a powerful motivator. Um, you know, and I come from, you know, getting, getting, getting back to, uh, I'll say background. You know, I'm grateful. You know, both my mom and dad have passed, unfortunately. You know, but I'm grateful for them, hey, raising me the way they did. You know, we didn't have tons and tons. You know, had a good, safe home. But, you know, lower middle class family, that type of deal. But I knew it's just like, for me, um, West Point was like my one shot. You know, and uh, my, I remember my mother saying to me uh, before I went, she's like, you know, we'll do anything we can for you, give you the shirt off our back, but there is no safety net for you. You know, you either make the most of that opportunity or not. And I've got a, a picture in my wow. gym with my, you know, I've got one of those rogue fitness, you know, awesome. crazy yeah. gyms, yeah. you know, because I, I can't, you know, I, I can't really go to the Leavenworth gym anymore. Anymore, it's too far. No, but on it, I, I've got a you know a poster. It's either a green beret or seal or whatever. But he, you know, he's in chest deep water. He's got his camis on. He's got his rifle, and he's you know drawn down on some target. And it says, "If you've got but one shot at an opportunity, make it count." Hmm. So you know that's always stuck with me. Wow. You know, so make the most of it. So, you know, having it be really, you know, having the motivation, you know, that you really want to attain something for the right reasons, you know, it's real intrinsic motivation, not extrinsic. Like my mom wants me to do this. My dad wants me to do this. My girlfriend would think it would be cool, but being truly intrinsically motivated. I mean, that is a prerequisite for anything that is truly difficult because if you don't have that, your, you know, your motivation is going to wane. You know, and then there's the grit, you know, the tenacity, you know, in terms of, hey, I can, uh, you know, I can do this. And I think, and I'm a systems engineer, not, <laughs> not, not a good one, you know, and certainly not a practicing I'm the, Whatever one. the opposite of that is, that's what I <laughs> But I, I like, gave you a bright blue t-shirt. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, that's, a, that's a fine looking t-shirt. No, but I, I, I do tend to 
think of things in terms of, you know, systems and yeah. equations. I kind of like that, you know, yeah. I won't say mathematical certainty, but it's always nice to see it represented in that fashion. Mm -hmm. But it talks, you know, and I'm, geez, I'm going to try to remember the equation, but sh she breaks, you know, um, grit down into, geez, it's like goals, agency, pathways. Mm -hmm. There's some other things, of course, you know, I'm, I'm spacing on it now. But the bottom line is, you know, having the hope, you know, the notion that, uh, that, you know, I can truly achieve this, you know, and it's more than, you know, I think Gordon R. Sullivan, he used to be, uh, geez, I want to say chief of staff of the army, okay. wrote okay. his book, Hope is Not a Method, you know, mm. so, so hoping, hope alone ain't going to get plan. you there. Yep. Bad plan. Yep. But, uh, but, you know, hope is a prerequisite, you know, that, that is key. Um, agency in that it's in my control. You know, a lot of people feel hopeless. They feel, man, I'm out of control. I I've got no say-so in my life. I'm kind of a victim. No, I mean, agency in terms of I, I can exert uh, a, you know, at least a modicum of control. And then pathways in terms of multiple ways of getting there. I've got multiple courses of action. So if I, if I reach an obstacle here and it's insurmountable, I've got another means of achieving my goal. Um, you know, there's, you know, the obstacle is the way. I'm sure Ryan Holiday. Yep. Yep. Love that, love that yep. one. Yep. You know, love him. But yeah, you know, where the 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 impediment to action becomes the action and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. no, but all of those things, all of those experiences and those mindsets, I think are absolutely critical. Ranger was the same way. There are times when you almost just break down, you want to cry, it's so friggin' miserable. But you're like, nah, I'm gonna do this. You know. And hey, you know, life is full of, you know, things like that, you yeah. know, and I think with my two boys, you know, what is it that I want to impress upon them, you know, in terms of, you know, how to achieve goals, and you know, and that's it, you know, there's always more to it, but mm. I'd say those are the large overarching. Mm. That's beautiful, man. I'm just sitting here feeling your your energy in the moment, and it's like, it's it's so it's so true and deep and connected to experience, and when you your experience, but as you walked through that moment of hey at west point it, it finds everybody <laughs> that 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 p whether you appear to have the whole thing put together or not and, and i'm curious if in those moments and again i've just kind of been taking some notes and being a learner here even as you shared um those moments of grit that that's not a you you nailed it. It's not an external reality imposed on someone to force them to do or respond in a certain way. It has to be a moment of intrinsic fortitude, grit, determination, all the wonderful words you use, the resilience. And I think my question is like, of course, of course, in in the in the West Point in the Ranger School and the Special Forces moments, those are like quite literally life and death, right? Like not in, in those moments in and of themselves, but what you're trained to do, go do, <clears throat> excuse me. In like average everyday life of civilians that you guys have, have served and protected and cared for, how do people grapple with the, with that gritty mentality? How do they develop a gritty mentality? How do they develop resilience? How do they how do they stare some of those pressures and, and not become victim, not become, oh, it's everybody else's fault. This is being done to me, as opposed to that that concept of agency is so wonderful. And we've used some of that language even in our own development of our culture, of our team, of like, hey, 
you don't need permission here. You have agency to do and be and act and take initiative and go and shape and direct, right? But like, it's hard. Like, those are easy words, kind of to toss around. But like, how do you, how how does how does agency get formed? How does grit and resilience get formed? How do you how do you notice that? I'm I'm asking a thousand questions because I'm so curious on how you'll respond to any of them. No, that that is interesting. I mean, you know, so so many thoughts. Mm. You know, in terms of how to build it. You know, and I think. Again, I mean, I look at people, and I'm humbled by just the amount of grit and determination. I mean, I think I'm a pretty gritty guy, you know. And then you always see somebody that you're like, I don't know if I could do what that person does, or I don't know if I could endure what that person endured. You know, you see these World War II vets and these, you know, Hanoi Hilton, you know, Admiral Stockdale, and you're like five years, five years, and they didn't give up hope. You're like, oh, my God. Mm. Um, you know, they'll talk about the Stockdale paradox. Mm. You know, So that's one. You know, and if you're not familiar with that, when asked who who are the guys that were the first ones to unfortunately die or give up, he's like they were the, the optimists, the ones that thought hey, we're going to be out by Christmas, and when that didn't come to pass, okay Easter, that when that didn't come to pass, it just broke them. Whereas the guys that were like, let's be real, let's be real and pragmatic, we may not be getting out of here anytime soon. But it, they weren't nihilistic though, to the point mm. where oh all is lost. Mm -hmm. They were like. We're not getting out of here anytime soon with high likelihood. However, we're going to stick together and we're going to make it through this. Yeah. So there's a subtle nuance there, but it's an important one. Mm -hmm. So, geez, there's that. Brilliant. A, you know, agency, as we talked about, um, you know, empowerment. So when I say, uh, you know, we empower our participants to take ownership of their lives and healing. So uh, ownership and accountability, you know, um, Stoic philosophy, getting back to, to Ryan Holiday, you've noticed, I'm sure most people that are, you know, well-read have seen the rise of, you know, the, the Stoic philosophy, Stoic philosophers, Seneca, Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. People have, uh, you know, a, a reinvigorated interest in, in the That's classics right. and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, why? Well, because they're, they're relevant even in contemporary times. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about, you know, say, control the controllable, right? So many people fixate on things that they can't control. When in fact, really, it's just a waste of time and energy and resolve. You're better off really taking inventory mm -hmm. of what it is that you can control. So it's interesting. We have a guy. Mm -hmm. um, we call him Sensei Bill. Bill Wittar. <laughs> I love that guy. Yes, yeah, Sensei. Sensei, you like him already. <laughs> no, great guy. He's got you know, he's black belt in Aikido. Mm -hmm. He comes out to, to Warriors Ascent and helps out. So, you know, a lot of people like Aikido, what, what, what is this? You know, the intent is not to turn our participants into MMA fighters or anything crazy, and Aikido really doesn't lend itself to that. But what's interesting about what he does, and this gets back to the philosophy that I was talking mm -hmm. about, what he'll do is he'll, he'll put on a very, you know, visible demonstration. He'll say, okay, hey, you know, grab each arm. He'll have like two guys on each arm that are assailing him, keeping him from moving. You know, and you're like, well, he's not going to go anywhere. But he'll, he'll concentrate, he'll make subtle shifts in his weight, body distribution, and next thing you know, he pulls these guys off balance. It's pretty amazing. Mm. But really what we bring him in for is that, but really the philosophical aspects of Aikido in as much as they apply to your life. Mm. So I'd say the major thing that, that that demonstrates, he's like, don't focus on what you can't do. You know, the world is full. I can't do this and I can't do that. I'm not, a, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. And in that example, he's like, I don't focus on where I can't move, where I can't go, how they're assailing me. I look and I move and I test and then I'm like, ah, I can move here. And then I move out from there 
bam. And then I develop, and next thing you know, he's pulling these four dudes off balance. Such a metaphor, mm. I think, for life in that don't focus on all the badness. Fo you know, gratitude, call it gratitude. That's another example of, you know, I'll say the recipe for happiness. But focus on what's going well or what you can do and then move out, move out from there. So that would be, you know, another thing. Um, ownership, so that Jocko Willink guy, the, the seal, that big bruiser of a dude. Mm. You know, I've never met him, but, you know, I like his <laughs> philosophy, yep. you know, um, in that... Everybody, you know, myself included, there are times when you just want to feel sorry for yourself or why didn't this go the way, oh. And then when you're like, all right, get over it. You know, I've heard some people say, then for a minute, feel sorry for yourself for a minute and then go, now what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, at that point, all right, hey, it, it's done, bad. You know, we like to say it where some bad things happen to good people. Got it. Bad things happen to good people. And then there's, you know, the uh, fault versus responsibility. Mm. It may not be your fault something happened, but it's your responsibility to then yep. work your way out of it. Yep, yep. I, I've got a series of, um, I don't know, declarations, I guess I'd say, or um, at least statements, uh, reminders, frankly, <laughs> uh, that, that, have, that, have, that I've typed, but they're hung on my mirror. I look at them in the morning. And it's a variety of things about... Lots of stuff. One, as you said, that the one that popped into my mind, which is like number seven to ten, somewhere in that ballpark on the list, is I take responsibility and accountability for my experiences, which is what, which is, um, it's I have to write it because it's easy for me to forget that and to be blamey or victimy or um, uh, in the uncertainty, get afraid, right? But it's like, no, 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 like exactly what you said. It might not be my fault, but it's my responsibility, especially with how I react, how I go forward, how I respond. And um, it, it's just, it's lovely to hear you hear you talk like that because it, it connects to my own experience. Um, as you, I, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard question for like a civilian dude who's had a, a very, you know, all intents and purposes, pretty, blessed, fortunate, safe, comfortable life, right? Had plenty of struggle and challenge and all that, but like not, didn't go to special forces, didn't go to ranger school or didn't go to West Point, didn't go to ranger school, um, wasn't in special forces and have like a shit ton, pardon the language of respect for you and, and everyone like you. Um, what a same type of question, like as you, as you recall that season of your life, what are the snapshots in terms of lessons, themes, learnings? Um, and, and then we'll get into the warriors assistant stuff. But like, as you kind of surveyed your, your active duty career, what are, what are some of the big pillars in, of that story? Jeez. No, that's, that's a, a good deep question. You know, just I'll, I'll say an overall, you know, codification of, you know, man, um, <laughs> it's impossible, right? Yeah. To, I mean, you know, 22 years, um, mm, mm. You know, I'd say, hey, it's the people. Mm. You know, you hear that all the time. But um, going through all of those experiences with people of shared values, mm. sh the same ethos, work ethic, quality people, man, that made it all worth it. That's what I miss the most. You'll hear that all the time. Mm. You know, is you miss being around people like you for a variety of reasons one you know again you it's a it's a shared 
upbringing, and you see that in so many facets of, you know, anything, particularly in the military, but like when, when you have like a shared suck <laughs> that everybody goes through, <laughs> you know, that you can say, hey, we endured that together and made it through and made all the more powerful by the fact that we, we came together, we helped each other out. It's one thing to be in a situation where you're suffering in isolation and you're like, all right, hey, that guy's tough, that guy's tough, that girl's tough. We, we've come from the same background, so you get the stamp of approval. That, that's one layer. Yeah. It, it's another to be, hey, we forged our way through this together. Mm. You helped me when I was down. I helped you when you were down. There's nothing like that. Mm. And, you know, the paradox is this. I never want to go through, you know, a lot of the experiences that I had in the military again because yeah. they were hard or they sucked or bad things happened. Um, but those are the most formative to the point where, you know, you are who you are because of those, you know, who you are, you know, and that's the other thing mm. is you don't really truly know who you are until you've been in, you know, certain circumstances where, you know, all right, Hey, I wouldn't wish that on anybody or, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I, I've got a sense of what I can do. You, know, you hear all the time, you know, mentally, hey, your, your, your mind will quit before your, your body will. I mean, I've seen elements of both. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times when, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're really sucking. You know, I remember, you know, again, I'll, I'll use ranger school. You know, I, I think I was getting like bronchitis or something. I mean, you know, I'm not getting shot or anything like that. You know, so I mean, there are people that have been shot, you know, mm -hmm. And, and keep going. So again, I'd never, you know, compare that. But I remember just being like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like, I'm just, I can't breathe. I'm, I'm, I've got a fever, all that. And it was to the point where you're just like, I I'm going to go until I drop. I've just resolved. I will go until I pad. That's it. You know? Jeez. And, and luckily, you know, fever broke, you know, by the grace of God. And I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm beginning to feel my strength come back. You know, and then there's that. I mean, I also mm -hmm. like tore my ankle tore all the ligaments, you know, and, and sent and taped it on up, mm. kept going, <laughs> you know, and that was like, all right, now, you know, your mind wants to go, but your, your body's pretty broken, you know, so there are instances like that too. Unbelievable. Jeez. But, you know, I would say, you know, it's the people, mm. it's, it's that shared suck that really, you know, that, that again, awesome. that sounds no, I don't perfect. mean to, I don't it's mean perfect. to make it you know it sound machismo or anything like that. But when people you know, and that can be a variety of things. It doesn't have to be you know life and death or absolutely brutal. It can be uh, you know something as simple as you know, hey, you've got a project coming up and you do you know an all nighter or two, and a coworker is like, I'm I'm, I'm going to be there for you, man. I know I know a lot is riding on this for you. So I, I got your back, and, I, and I'm going to go, and, you know, I got something planned with the kids, but y you need help, and I'm there. And you're like, thank you. Yep. You see me. You heard me. You saw me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and you helped me out when the chips were down, and it was go time. You were there, and, we, and it wasn't pleasant. We were both up all night, sacrifice, whatever. Again, not life or death, but those are the bonds where you're like, hey— because I'll tell you, I've seen it. There's, oh, I love you, man. I love you. Right, 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 right. exactly. That's we'll right. see. That's right. We'll see, man. Yeah. No, it's it's wonderful, and I appreciate you putting it into into you know kind of a culture re relevant example that that lots would connect to and 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 resonate with. 
um, you know, it's the shared suck mentality is perfect because it's like, gosh, if, if, I mean, I, and again, it's back to even your stoic conversations, but it's in, it's actually, it's, it, it sucks that it's this way. And I wish it weren't. I really do. Cause I'd like to avoid pain as, as most, as, as much as anybody as any, on the as planet. Anyone would. Right. Yes. That's human. Um, but it's actually in the sorrow and the suffering where, you like you said, find yourself, find that next gear, find that grit, find that resilience. Um, and when it's shared and collective, there's something formed in that crucible moment that's like, damn, that's powerful. You can harness lots of wonderful outcomes. Not that the outcome necessarily was the agenda, but if you went through it, might as well change and benefit. And and, and it and maybe it shifts me in my own mind to your work now, <laughs> like your leadership now of warriors ascent and, and, and how those crucible moments for you in 22 years and boxing it at, at West point and going through the suck and embracing the suck and, um, finding and developing your own grit. Um, you're, you're, you're now in a season that, that you're, coaching, leading, helping, training, healing in lots of, lots of ways. Like I would just, you know, I, I think to get the thought out of my brain in the most succinct way possible and people that listen to the show know that that's not very, <laughs> very, very likely. It's usually a long rambling trail, but in my mind, the question is, what is your mindset now as you have embarked on this next chapter of your story? Again, another good question <laughs> for which, I, you know, I'll have, uh, you know, hopefully better than a subpar answer. <laughs> um, no, my, my, what I really endeavor to do, I'm, again, I'm a lifelong mm. learner. Mm. You know, they'll say leading learner you know, in, I, I think, the startup space where you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most experienced. You just have to be a little bit ahead mm. of the people that you're helping. Mm. You know, and once you think that, and I've got, I've got it all figured out, you, you just lapse into obsolescence. You're, you're not doing anyone any good. So, I, you know, I like to consider myself a lifelong learner. That said, I, I, I'm still pretty confident that, hey, I've learned some things. I've accomplished some things, for, you know, which I'm you know, pretty proud of, mm. you know, that I think are, are worthy, you know, and, you know, I think could be helpful. You know, so really for my part, I, I you know, I'll say, you know, my mission, you know, is to take what it is that I've learned, you know, in terms of whether it be achievement, uh, stress reduction, because I've been in some stressful situations, oh, <laughs> you know, mm. and I'm not going to say mm. I'm inoculated to stress, but mm. I'm, I'm pretty stress resilient, but, but mm. nobody's immune. Mm. I mean, and there are times when, you know, like when, you know, both my parents died and my mother-in-law died and all mm. that. And all of a sudden it's just a, this accumulation, mm. you know, and it's natural and it's, Hey, you know, yeah. wasn't under adverse circumstances, yep. you know, in, in as much as, I mean, Hey. Yeah. But all of that, you're just like, oh, so I'm not at all saying, ah, oh, hey, shrug that stuff off. But no, what do we do at Worries Ascent? Really, I'll say clinically, self-efficacy, self-actualization. Mm -hmm. So self-efficacy in terms of being effective in your life. And in that regard, what we attempt to do is provide people what I'll call five days of what right looks like. A little artificial in that. It's five days where they're sequestered to us, and it's a complete immersion in the individual. And I'll say to them, when's the last time you 
were able to spend five days really just focusing on yourself and yourself alone. And each of them are like, oh, geez, I can't Have remember. Yeah, Ever. right. That's you know, because right. you're talking about parents. Yep. You're talking about first responders, you know, for whom their, their life is devoted mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to caring for other people. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. anathema to the way it is that they think. Mm-hmm. You know, where, no, I can't think of myself. I've got to think of others. And now we're telling them, no, you need to think of yourself. The other mantra that my, my, my yoga guy, Kerry Stewart, who's a Gulf War vet, Air Force guy, bohemian-looking dude. You know, Namaste, <laughs> my brother. Great, you know. Love it. You love know, it. yeah, it's kind of like my, my de facto spiritual advisor. Of I love sorts. that. I mean, I'm too. Roman Catholic, yeah. you know, so God bless. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I just love his, his, his calm mm. and, mm. you know, his karma. But, mm. uh, you know, his, his mantra, self-care is not selfish. Mm. And really, that is a real paradigm shift, a mind shift mm. in, in that mindset shift. In that, uh, that's not saying be, be lavish and, and hedonistic mm-hmm. in that you're just tending to yourself all day. But we, we like to use the, you know, the metaphor of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when the, when the flight attendants will tell you if the cabin decompresses, be sure to put your mask yeah. on first. And, and, you know, I'll say, you know, viscerally, you're like, but, but, but you know, I got to take care of my kids. It's like, but the, you can't obviously, if, the, right. exactly. Yeah. If yeah. you're rendered incapacitated, you're not doing anybody any good. And when you extrapolate that, mindset to life and you're realizing if I'm not showing up as my best self, if I'm agitated, if I've got no energy, if, you know, how am I showing up for my kids, my wife, my friends, my family, my coworkers, you're not showing up powerfully at all. You're actually probably pretty toxic, you know, so that's, you know, that, that's the other facet of, uh, you know, what it is that we, we, we try to impart on people. So for me, you know, Getting back to your question in a roundabout sort of way, I love it. That's, because no, that's I, th- my I think my favorite like you, kind of way. Verbosity is says is my favorite kind of way. It's a weakness. No, but uh, um, there's I'll say a lot I've learned over the course of 22 years. You know, some some I learned, you know, hey, executing well, and and some things I've learned executing poorly. And I'll submit to you, sometimes the lessons you know that you learn the best are the ones where you executed poor, poorly, and you're like. I, and failed or, and you're like, I'm never going to make that mistake again. Cause it's indelibly, indelibly right. and traumatically etched in my mind. So I'm not at all trying to pretend like, That's right. Hey, I've executed perfectly and I've got it all figured out. No, but in terms of, you know, we like to say, you know, eat, move, sleep, all of that, but sleep is key. And, and as a guy in the military where at ranger school, no sleep, special for no sleep, mm-hmm. where it's like a badge of honor that you got so little sleep, been there, done that, endured it. That is just not the way to go. It's yeah, crap. That's right. And that's now right. I think people are realizing, hey, people are really messed up. So our, you know, big thing is you got to sleep, and, and and we'll we'll teach people that. And it sounds very rudimentary and very anodyne, like okay, but no, you know, sleep hygiene, sleep protocols, all of that. It's what fa- are some it's of foundation. the? Yeah, I, I'm just I want to dive in a little deeper there. Like, what are some practical? As you, oh as, my God, there's so many. I huh? know. Like, just what's what are the top few that come to your mind? I'll in say terms the top few are these. No blue light, the blue light, the screens, terrible. You know, a good couple hours before, you know, before you sleep because that'll keep you up because that blue light, it, it hits your, 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 your what, serotonin versus melatonin. Mm-hmm. It inhibits melatonin secretion and then you can't get to sleep. Um, the other thing they'll say is don't eat a good four hours before because the digestive process, if you eat a snack or a late meal, that, that'll inhibit it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. You know, 68 degrees, yeah. they say. Uh, some people say weighted blanket. Mm. Um, uh, when they say sleep hygiene and uh, and sleep rituals, you know, you should try to go to sleep at the same time. That's one. That's you know another pretty important one. 
supplements. Melatonin is one. Um, you know, I'll take ZMA, right? Zinc, magnesium, and you know whatever the other thing is. <laughs> yeah. A something A, yeah, right? right. <laughs> um, but you know that's supposed to help yeah. too. So I mean, I'll I'll take that. Um, geez, DoTerra. You know, so mm-hmm. I've got my classmate who was on Team Leadville, Brian Manis. His his uh, sister um, works or, or is, is like a DoTerra distributor. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. they, they've got me. Hey, we're going to send you some stuff. You know, we're going to send some for, you know, the ladies love it. The guys are like, what is this stuff? It's lavender, man. It's (laughs) lavender, you know, and, and you got to put your man card, you know, Hey dude, but no aromatherapy, you know, that helps. Um, white noise is another one. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know, cold baths, all of it. There's so many different things that you can try. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I would say treating sleep, you know, like an activity, you know, and then, uh, you know, with the shutdown. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, if I'm going to go to bed by 10, I'm not going to be watching the news or anything that's going to get me all spun up yep, so, yep. well before. Bottom line is that there are a multitude of things, um, but that that's, mm-hmm. you know, that is most definitely a big one. The other one for us, you know, eating. Um, so we outsource to a company called FitStyle, right? They're the same okay. ones that, that, you know, they... From what I understand, they, they supply some of the chiefs too. Hey. Oh, cool. But, you know, the reason behind that is because diet is so important mm. and, it, and it transcends just the aesthetics and, and physical performance. A lot of people don't realize you've got more neurotransmitters in your gut than you do your head. Mm-hmm. So that's one aspect. Um, but if your diet's not right, I was just listening to a podcast the other day while I'm mowing the lawn of all things. And a lot of, uh, a lot, for, for the longest time, and I think it was Stephen Gundry, was saying that, the, the vagus nerve, the communication between your brain and your gut, they thought was like all like one way. Mm. And they come to find you've got nine times the like like the, the neurological activity actually going the other way. Going so up your to the gut, brain. yes. Yeah, so your right. gut communicates right. with your brain evidently right. far more than yeah. than vice versa. That's, so yeah. now everyone's going, wow, that's really interesting. What what you know what what might be the impacts of that? Suffice it to say, mm. Mm. what you eat has got mm. so much more to do with well-being and outlook mm. and, you know, th- than people have previously totally. thought. So that's why dialing in a diet, you know, and eating well is super important. Movement's mm. the other thing. You know, they say sitting is the new smoking. Mm. A lot of people get fixated on, well, you know, I got to do this rigorous CrossFit diet. And I'm an older guy now, you know, I'm 51. So I can't really do all the things I used to do. <laughs> and I've had to kind of get over that mindset. Yeah. Yep. And I'll be like, I used to be able to run faster. I used to be able to run, you know, quicker. I can't do this. And my wife's like, you're 51. <laughs> Give yourself like, a little you know, compassion. I'm like, yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't feel like it. Right, right, It's right. like, you, you know, that's where the mind-body, yeah. it's like, yep. well, my mind wants it, but now, you know, I've got some limitations. No, but what I've come to realize just over time is, you don't, that level of intensity, maybe for a younger guy, that's one thing. And you're, you're competing it might be mm. but as an older person or even somebody that's not you know a, a competitor just go out and move and do something mm. you know that's so important so you know in the military they had the, the, the fit principles you know fitness right frequency intensity time and tempo mm. frequency being chief among them mm. Me- meaning mm. you know if you have a super intense exercise where you're killing it and you do that once a week or a couple times a month that's right you do something every day even if it's little th- that in the end is going to be the better so go out for a walk, do whatever. That's the other thing. But by the same token, they say cardiovascular exercise is like a little bit of Ritalin and a little bit of Prozac. Mm. 
Mm. And now more and more studies have shown, same deal, beyond just the aesthetic or the performance or just cardiovascular health, mm. overall well-being is so impacted by exercise. And it doesn't have to be gut-busting, heart-pounding, totally. just enough to get the blood flowing that, you know, mm. people in, in some cases have been able to either go off meds or reduce you know, their mm. dose of, of, of those types of meds just by, uh, you know, establishing a, a, a uh, I'll say an exercise protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just smiling, man, because it's, it's so practical and helpful. And whether, whether you're a, a, a member and an attendee of your five-day course or you're a knucklehead like me who three or four years ago, I'd looked at my wife and I was like, I think, I think I'm having a heart attack. She's like, wait, what? And what what's going on? I was like, no, no, no. Like, I think ah, I can't breathe. Like, what's what the hell's going on? I, like, we and she walked. She went with me to Liberty Hospital. We get the like chest scan thing. My dad had triple bypass surgery a year and a half or two years before that. So I was like, dude, there's got to be something wrong with my heart. Get the scan. Nothing. Clear as day, right? And he was like, I think I think what you're feeling is a, a little emotion that people have referred to as anxiety <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know, trying to grow a business and do the thing and raise five kids and um, stay married and stay somewhat of a halfway healthy human towards Brooke and um, work through my own stuff. Right. And this anxiety emerges I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what, what is this? And, and I, I mean, to your point, like the, and, and I'm, in the moment, it was fine and maybe even necessary, but I got on Lexapro for a year. And I've written about this in, 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 in the public sense, and so it's, you know, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but um, for a year, I took anxiety meds. And it was a low dose and all this stuff, but, like, it, it uh, for me, my experience was it just numbed stuff. Yeah. And, again, Lots of people, and this is not a medical show. Right, right. But <laughs> it's, it's all your, the caveats. It's experience though, My yeah. experience was <clears throat> it just took the edge off um, in some ways that were pleasant because it turned it down. But mostly, it, like, it, it robbed me of stuff, it felt like. And so as you walk through your journey of eat, sleep, and move, I've been on my own path there. And fast forward to Sunday – a guy on our team texted and said, or Saturday, Hey, like, what are some of your wellness tips? I'm like, first of all, you should ask, (laughs) you should ask a guy like Mike Kinney, not me. Second of all, the only thing that I would say is just have tiny, tiny progress every day. Not because again, I've done all the crazy stuff like, let's go P90X and whole 30. And and again, that's great for lots of people for, for a, a flippant ADD machine like me, like the, the fits and spurts, never sustained right they never they never lasted and the things that last are for me and it sounds like it's consistent with what you teach is the slow deposits wake up walk a half a block the next day walk three quarters of a block the next day walk the whole block maybe someday down the road you'll walk i mean it's even in your as you approach the the leadville marathon conversation from before our show it's like you got you can just see what's in front of you. Just do a little bit every day. Just keep right. keep on building that that habit and that mindset and that discipline. Um, I'm not sure how we got there, but I, I, you, I connected to your story there of like, holy smokes, like that is therapy. Like you, 
I, I, I know where I was going back to your comment around. I imagine someone like you and, and a military minded person or a first responder, they have put quite literally put themselves last forever. That's true. Self-care was that uh, this isn't for me. This is for them. I'm protecting them. I'm protecting her. I'm protecting him. I'm protecting our family. I'm protecting our country. That's right. And they've never, not because they're, they're wonderful, the most wonderful people, but they've never sat in that seat to say, actually, I need help. I need to prioritize my own care. And, and that is the most selfless thing, actually. Um, so I'd be curious to hear, again, even anecdotally, the journey that your students kind of, what do they experience in that five day? Like they walk, again, I know there's a million different examples and humans that are behind these stories, but anecdotally, they walk in day one and they walk out day five. What's that? Path? Absolutely. So day one, I'll say the core of it is cognitive behavioral. Now I'm cautioned by our clinicians. It's not therapy per se, because that's really more of a relationship ongoing one-on-one mm. -on -one with the therapist. So mm. clinically, you want to call it psychodynamic training, whatever it might be. Mm. But we'll, we'll get our instructors, you know, whether they be clinicians or I've got a PhD with 37 years of clinical experience, Bruce yeah. Lee at a KU, KU Med. Um, he'll talk about system one and system two thinking. Right. So that's, uh, I, let me explain the week mm. and then I, and mm. then I'll go into it's some great. of the details because yeah, otherwise I will get mired in details, <laughs> which is, which is my propensity, right? No. That's so awesome. we set the stage with some of the cognitive behavioral aspects and really what that's to, what, what that does is it kind of disciplines people's thoughts. It lets them understand how it is they process thoughts, feelings, emotions, and how that drives their actions. So call it metacognition, call it whatever, but it arms them with the tools, the framework, the rubric with which to think about how it is that they react, how it is that they go through life, you know, and things of that nature. And it also provides a framework with which to really observe and analyze the, the remainder of the week. Mm. So after that, you know, we, we talk really about lifestyle habits predominantly, right? And just inculcating good lifestyle habits. So yoga in the morning, wake up first thing. Again, what I would call a low barrier to entry you know, movement. So it's not Yoga's freaking hard, man. It's hard. It can be, you know, and, and but to your point, it's an easy entry point. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and it also <clears throat> depends on, you know, you can do that Bikram stuff where, you know, holy cow, you're about to pass yeah. out because it's so hot. Yeah. But you know, my guy, Carrie, Carrie will, he, he will mm. tailor it, you know, such that we've got people with some disabilities and, and, you know, obviously mm. he'll, he'll make some modifications so that mm. it's something everybody can do. But the fact of the matter is it's really cool. Reacquainting your body with the mind body connection. And then, and then movement. That's really the crux of it. And stretching and, you know, a variety of things, but it's just get up and get a movement routine. Mm. The other, obviously, is the nutritional piece. Then there's the, the meditation and mindfulness. So we, we've got a gal, Amy Schoenhoff, from That's Mindfulness awesome. in the Heartland. She's wonderful. So mindfulness-based stress reduction, she studied under John Kabat-Zinn, who is the guru, mm. what I understand. Mm. And she'll come in all week and speak to that about being more mindful. That's super critical as well. Because so many people, and this is interesting, so many people go through life either thinking about the past, and that is where depression lies. Because you're like, why? Why did this happen? Regret, guilt, shame. Yep. Or, to your point, maybe in your circumstance, mm -hmm. they think about the future. Fearful of it. And yep. that's where anxiety lives. Mm -hmm. Rather than let me focus on the here and now, because this is the only thing today, right now, this moment, is the only thing that I can control. And that's not an excuse or license 
to not be forward thinking, course. right? You, you don't want to be that way, but you don't want to live there. You don't want to spend the preponderance of your time there. And just like in the back, you know, you're, uh, you're a product of your experiences. You know, I, I think I, I had a really good life. There's some things that, you know, you wish to forget, but by and large, I don't want to forget, but I don't want to dwell, you know, and, and I don't want to rest on my laurels either. You know, so there's that. Um, it's powerful. We have some what I'll call cathartic activities, right? So ceremony of the dead and leap of faith, mm. wherein, you know, ceremony for the dead, they compose a letter, our participants compose a letter either to somebody maybe in some instances that they, they had to kill in the line of mm. duty, God God forbid, or, or maybe it's somebody that uh, hurt them and they just want to, hey, I, I, I no longer want you to have control of my thoughts or whatever. Mm. Whatever letting go it might be. Um, and they vow to, to, to let that go. Not, and again, I've been, I'll say mentored by my clinicians. They're like, it's not that you're dismissing those memories and they are, you know, never going to come back or they're not going to be there. They're always a part of you. But what you're doing is you're saying, I'm no longer going to give them dominion That's right. over me. And then the leap <clears throat> of faith, you know, after that is where, Hey, it's a little bit of, I'll, I'll call it adventure training. They ascend a 40 foot pole paired with, you know, again, that, I'll call it therapeutic aspect, mm-hmm. where what, what are you leaping towards? So you, you endeavor to leave behind certain facets or at least not let them affect you. Mm-hmm. But what are you jumping towards, you know, positively? And I've asked a number of our clinicians, you know, what is it that's so impactful? You know, where does the efficacy lie in the leap of faith? You know, the, the causal mechanism, and maybe it's the, you know, the, the engineer in me. And while I don't think definitively anyone can really tell, but... One of the one of the theories, you know, call it a you know a, a working theory, working hypothesis, is that jumping from forty foot as a former airborne guy, you know, forty feet, thirty seven feet is about they say if you've got a healthy fear at heights, it kicks in about thirty seven feet. So forties is yeah. it, yeah. you know. And and having done that, you're like, all right, I've jumped out of planes, hot air balloons, helicopters, whatever, and you're still like, oh man, this if I fall, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna get absolutely. hurt, you know. So you elicit that 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 fear response. And the notion is that when these guys and gals climb the pole and they trust in the people that they have belaying them, so there's, there's that element of trust, mm-hmm. and then they come down to the, you know, the embrace, the support of a supportive community, it's probably the first time in a long time, if not ever, that they felt that adrenaline rush paired with positivity. Mm. You know, and it is, it's, it's cathartic, and having witnessed it now, 45 times with 45 cohorts. It's almost, um, what's the word? Not indescribable, inexplicable. But, uh, you know, you go, geez. It, it, it's incredible the impact that it has. So, so there's that. Uh, Thursday, really would talk about, you know, I, I'll call it life planning. I mean, you can have all the tools um, you can be shown, hey, these are these are the tools at your disposal. But if if you don't plan accordingly, life is just going to happen. It's just you're just going to experience it. Um, you know, one guy, Mike, Michael Hyatt, you know, would say, "You people spend more time planning a vacation than they do their lives." That's right. So really, what it's about is it, it's really about intentionality. So writing down, okay, day to day, what am I going to do? So we've taught these people all these tools. But if they go back to their lives and they don't try to assert control or agency, 
And the best way to do that is what? With a calendar, right? A schedule. And saying, I'm blocking off these times for these activities. Because that, that which is scheduled gets done. Right. If it doesn't get scheduled, it just happens. Or it doesn't happen. Or life just happens. So that's about, all right, hey, we're going to do that. And then, you know, Friday, we, we wrap it up. You know, we, we really bring everyone together and we talk about what is it that you learned. Let, let's put a capstone on the experience. We do, you know, a labyrinth in the beginning and the end. So the, the labyrinth, you know, looks like a maze, but uh, it's really like a walking meditation. That's so awesome. in the beginning, it's interesting because now you've got people alone with their thoughts going, what am I getting into? What am I getting into? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, your experience with the lab- labyrinth in the beginning is going to be much different than it is in the end, mm. and you'll see. Mm. Um, and that is, the, you know, so that's that's the experience. In the end, really, the most powerful facet, you know, the, the cognitive behavioral, right? That the frameworks with which to, all right, hey, let's think about your experience. Mm. That paired with lifestyle habits, what right looks like, we make people do that so that they can say, all right, hey. And then the community, you know, the the last thing I'll say is, when I've asked post program. You know, what was it about being with other people? And there's two things. It's interesting. <clears throat> one is intuitive and one a little less so. One, they'll say being around other people like them with shared experiences and sharing is so much more powerful and cathartic because it's probably one of the first times they've been authentically heard and understood. It's one thing to be with a clinician who's, who's a trained, you know, provider. Yep. You know, no, no disrespect to them, but they're like deep down, they really don't understand. They may have they have the, they may have the book knowledge, but they really don't have the context. They don't know what it's like or what I've been through. But you pair that now with a guy or gal of that pedigree, paired with other individuals, peers that are like, "I hear you, brother. Yes, I, I feel you. I've been there too." That's powerful. So that's one. The other, again, understandable, but maybe less prominent or visible is a lot of people, especially the alpha types, you know, because we get Marine Scout snipers, SWAT guys, Rangers, Navy says you name it. A lot of them are like, if I were tough enough, I, I, I wouldn't feel this way. It's, mm. I feel this way because I'm weak. Mm. But when they see other people like them mm. and they realize, oh my God, you're feeling it too, you're feeling it too, you're feeling it too, all of a sudden that's so, cathartic. They're yeah. like, Oh my God, I'm 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 not weak. I'm not. It's like no man. It, it has that effect on a lot of people. You're human. Yeah. You've been through yeah. a lot, yeah. and everyone has different experiences. You know, the other thing I'll say is a lot of our participants. It's not one precipitating event. It's a lifetime of stored up trauma. In many cases, that stemmed from childhood. You know, and you hear the stories, and you're like, my God. You know. That, I mean, that, that's the experience. You know, five days of what right looks like, supportive community, good lifestyle habits, and in the end, what it is that we're endeavoring to do is provide people a degree of agency of their lives by showing them these are the tools, these are the self-care tools that you can use to get yourself back on track. And we make no bones about the fact that it's a journey. We set expectations. No one's going to say at the end of five days, ominous, dominus, we <laughs> we sprinkle the magic pixie dust and you are healed, my yeah. friend. No, it's, hey, you've got the tools. You know, go forward and employ those tools. And we're careful to say that because everybody comes through and they're like, I feel great. I, I'm, I'm ready to kick the world's ass now. And it's like, good, that's great. But understand and know the other thing. So we talked about, you know, stoic philosophy, right? Control the controllable, right? The other one is, is uh, 
expect the expected. So mm. John McGraw, Vision Pursue. I don't know if you've run into him at all. Not yet. No. Yeah, good guy. Kay. Good guy. Okay. Um, He's helped us out. So mm. a former Chiefs mm. player, football player. Oh, yeah, yeah. I right. know His company, sure. Vision Pursue. Okay. You know, again, same ideological yeah. alignment. Performance mindset is their thing. So John, God bless him. He and his crew have, have you know, I'll mm. say partnered with mm. us, and he's been wonderful, and he's come. So there's, all, there's some things where I'm like, I, I can't say it any better than that. You know, control the controllable, That's and awesome. then expect the expected. So, um, you know, we tell our people, you're feeling great as well. You should, but no, you know, life's going to hit you in the face, man. And when it does, here are your tools. Here yeah. are your tools. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the yeah. time to, you know, double yeah. down on your protocols, as they say. That's not the time to go, all oh, this, I thought it worked and it didn't. It's like, no, that's the time when you need to, you know, back to what you were saying about how to react, how you react, stepping in between stimulus and response. That's when you go, all right, this is typically where I get triggered. And that's where the, the cognitive behavioral, the antecedent behavior and then consequence ABCs or causal chain. Those are the things that I didn't really explicate, yeah. but those are some of the tools that we'll give. It's like, okay, here's the antecedent, right? In other words, the, the, the stimulus that preceded <laughs> the, yeah. the behavior, which is I want to jump out of my seat and choke you, <laughs> right. you know, that type of thing. And then, and then the, the consequences, you know, somebody's like, you know, who do you think you are? Whereas, if, if you're like, all right, hey, the antecedent, when somebody does this, I typically, this is my typical response, but that's not serving me. I'm going to step in between that stimulants and my response, and I'm going to come up with something a little bit more productive. Mm -hmm. And that sounds very rudimentary, like, oh, that sounds easy. But, you know, here, here's the example I'll use. Very interesting. So, and this is, again, from Dr. Lees. Here's an example of how that works, you know, or at least the mentality, the mindset. So you're in an elevator, right? 50 floors. You don't really notice who's behind you. You just get in, you know, and then you face to the front. You're closer to the door. 50 floors, a skyscraper. You're getting tapped. You're getting tapped, you know, in, in the back, you know, poked and prodded. 50 floors, this goes on. You're like, man, I'm really getting irritated. Oh, God, I'm really getting irritated. You know, so finally, 50th floor, that's your floor. You go to get off, and you're like, I have to see who this clown is behind me that's been poking me the whole time. You turn around, and you see it's a blind man with a cane. So what is your feeling then immediately? Mm. You mm. feel like, ooh, I feel terrible. Oh my God, you feel completely disarmed. Question is, did the stimulus change a bit? Not a bit. Your, your, your response, your interpretation of it changed. And your demeanor, your, your emotional out, you know, completely. That's the thing. And, and again, you know, some will say, oh, that's a little bit of a, you know, simplification, especially with people with deep trauma, you know, amyg amygdala hijacking where it's just automatic, but it's got to start somewhere, you know, and that's where med meditation comes into, you know, in terms of prefrontal cortex, amygdala, you know, and, and asserting that control over your, your, your animal brain yeah. responsible for fight or flight. But that's powerful. That's powerful. How do, how do you, uh, you use the word participants? I think I said students, so my apologies, but the participants in the cohorts, how do you, where do they come from? How do you get them? Like, where do they come from? How, is it referral-based? Like, how do you fill your cohorts each well, session? It's, it's been, you know, we talked entrepreneurship and startups and all that stuff in the beginning. And uh, no, that's been an evolution. You know, at first it was word of mouth, predominantly, yeah. which is yeah. good. Yeah. Because people yeah. wouldn't advocate for a program that they didn't believe yep. in. And that's powerful. Um, powerful, but self-limiting, mm -hmm. you know, as you know, mm -hmm. because then you're limited by just the, the amount of people that yep. you can touch. Yep. Um, now, um, 
you know, our SEO is pretty good, mm. right? We, we've got mm. some pretty decent brand awareness. Mm. I'd say that still the preponderance of our clientele, I'll call them, you know, our participants come from around here, but I like to say our footprint is local, but our reach is national. Cool. And we do get people from all over the country. We've partnered with Mercy Medical Angels That's and awesome. Veteran Airlift Command, so our veterans will get free flights. So we've gotten VA referrals, cool. SOCOM Care Coalition, mm. um, yeah, no, so it, now it's a mixed bag. We get a lot of word of mouth, which I feel really good about because people come away from our program and they're like, this helped me, this saved me. Um, you, you know, and if they know somebody that's, you know, hurting, you know, th they'll refer them. And then others, because, you know, our, our marketing's been pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, are, hear, are hearing from us from, a, you yeah. know, a variety of other, you know, we, yeah. we get referrals from other organizations as awesome. well, which is cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, last question before we wrap, because I've, man, I've, I've overextended our window here. I'm so <laughs> grateful. I could ask you a thousand more questions. But um, how, can, how can people help? How can we help? How can we support you and your team on, on your mission? I would say, you know, first and foremost, for people that need our services, you know, I'd say all roads lead to our website, right? So www.warriorsascent.org. And there, you know, for those that need to avail themselves of our services, they can apply. It's really pretty easy. If they want to find out who we are, that's easy as well. If they want to see the testimonials to kind of get a sense of, hey, what kind of impact have we had and on what type of people? There's that as well. We've got a synopsis of survey data that KU, the Coffrin Logan Center for Addiction Research and Treatment did on us that shows the statistical significance mm. and the efficacy of the program mm. and all that technical jargon. But bottom line, <laughs> it shows, you know, hey, th th there's definitely Power something there works. beyond the yeah. anecdotal, which is, you know, obviously our testimonials. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of helping out, I mean, I, I hate to go hand, you know, hat in hand, but uh, hey, we are a nonprofit. Our participants pay nothing. So it is all grants, donations, uh, fundraising events. So again, go to our website if you want to donate just outright. That's great. We have a variety of fundraising events. We have our gala at Arrowhead. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. November 12th, it's awesome. our fundraising gala. You know, one of our biggest fundraising events. Should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, if, if people want to sponsor a table or do whatever or, you know, bid on auction items, they can do that. Um, yeah, and then just all throughout the year, we, we talked about Leadville. So that's another, you know, event that we do that's kind of fun, fun to support. But uh, that's it. And then, of course, you know, there's, uh, geez, in-kind support, whatever it might be. If I mean, if somebody wants to, you know, geez, offer anything, marketing, <laughs> advertising, <laughs> stuff like this. People. No, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. this is great, you know. I yeah. mean, to, to get yeah. the word out, yeah. podcasts, really, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super grateful mm -hmm. to you, oh, you know, course. for this opportunity. You know, that these are the kind of things that really help, you know, get, get uh, you know, our organization, mm. you know, and our mission out there. So we appreciate that. So bottom line, in any capacity, if somebody wants to help, you know, we're, we're grateful for that because obviously we couldn't do anything without support. Well, you've you've packed enough value and resources and thoughtful, um, helpful, practical life tips at an hour six and counting <laughs> that um, that would be the least. I mean, I'm sure people are like, yep, hit the site right right away. Um, we end each show and I didn't prep you this and for this. So it's intentional because I want to hear your your uh, top of mind answer. So we ask every guest the same five questions. Um, Four pretty straightforward ones, and then then a meaningful one. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, you you've dropped about seven book references already in the yeah, in yeah. the conversation, but 
Uh, first question is favorite or last book that you've read or listened to? Oh my. Or a meaningful Lord. book. I mean, you, yeah, you dropped no, holiday. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I say I'm a pretty big reader, not like I'm some learned, you know, scholarly individual, but I do, I, uh, you know, I, I do aspire to be a lifelong learner. Uh, you know, obviously holidays, um, Obstacles the way is good. Mm, yeah. um, I read his um, stillness is the key or whatever. Still, I've not read that. Okay. Ego, ego is the enemy is the okay. other one. Yeah, yeah. But he's good. Um, you know, of course, I've got all these books in mind. And when asked, <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> um, no, there's but Duckworth's grit. You uh, mentioned. Uh, yes. Yep. Yep. Angela Duckworth's yep. grit is definitely good. Um, emotional intelligence, mm. Daniel Goleman, for mm. those that want to know mm. about that. You know, he talks about amygdala hijacking, mm. you know, this, that, and the other thing. Mm. That's very interesting. Um, oh, my Lord. Those are great. Yeah. Those are great. You nailed them. Um, on a low-key, like, Saturday, what's your go-to T-shirt? Maybe that one you got on. <sighs> like, your favorite T-shirt. I like Under Armour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, you, you know, they don't look like super, super grungy, but then you can go out and run in them, you know, so it's kind of like, all right, the you know, guy's like in decent shape and doesn't smell un unless he's, you know, after the run. No, so I'd great. say Under Armour I like. Yeah. That's awesome. Your Warriors Ascent t-shirt is sweet too. Cool. Um, what would you do right now if you weren't afraid? I mean, you've oh, stared man. a lot of fear in the face and moved through it in your life, so maybe maybe that answer doesn't apply as much. No, I mean, I think everyone's got fears, mm. you know. I mean, I, and I am certainly not fearless, you know. Mm. Let, let's dispel that. For me, it's just like if you want something bad enough, you're willing to kind of, all right, put that to the wayside, like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, I would say, you know, failure. Mm. You know, to put yourself out there knowing that there's a high chance of failure. And this gets back to an, another book. Yeah. I want to say Carol Dweck. Mindset. Mindset. Love yes. It. Love it. Yep. You yep. know where she talks about yep. uh, growth or fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. There's really something to that. And, Absolutely. you know, the, the fixed mindset lies in not demonstrating, you know, some level of incompetence. You know, it's like, hey, people think I'm smart or people think, and I don't want to dispel that notion. So I'm not going to put myself out there. And, uh, you know, there's there's real risk in that. Yeah, that's right. You know, so for me, in terms of you know fear, I would say, jeez, mm. I don't know. You know, putting I'll say maybe more of myself out there. I mean, I love Warriors Ascent and what we do, um, but yeah, maybe maybe not hiding behind an organization. You know, saying hey, you know, I've got something to say myself. You know, I myself, Mike Kenny. You know, because then in the end, you're like, who are you, man? Mm. You're, just, you're just another dude. You know, there's other people so much more talented, more accomplished, you know, and you can play the game all day long, yeah. you know, because there's always somebody better. Totally. You know, so totally. I, I'll say that, you know, putting yourself out there. That's vulnerable. I appreciate you saying it. You've you've blown me away with your insights. So I, w I think the world would be grateful for more of you. I, I appreciate that. Um, favorite place on earth? A vacation spot, uh, a low-key place. Uh, uh, wow. Jeez, there's so many. Um, went to Norway, mm. went to Norway. That was my, my God bless my mother-in-law's mm. you know, bucket lips trip, but she didn't make it. Unfortunately, mm. she died before. So we, we went obviously in her honor. That was wonderful. Mm. Ireland, you know, which is where my family's from is another one. 
So those two, definitely. And then uh, when I was a lieutenant, I did that URL thing. So we mapped it over, which back then was Military Air Command. It's now Air Mobility Command. So we took a C-17 over for like 20 bucks. Jeez. It was wonderful. So space available, they call it. And then we got a URL pass. It was me and then uh, an NCO guy named Troy Sh- Shoemaker from uh, the reconnaissance platoon that I was in. So mm. he was he was PCSing permanent change of station. So mm. we're, he, we were both leaving our duty station at Fort Campbell. And we're like, hey, let, let's take this trip. So we did the URL thing That's for awesome. a month. It was awesome. And I'd say Switzerland... Switzerland was awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Never been. I'd love to. It was wonderful. Mm. It's beautiful. All of Europe is cool, but um, okay, cool. man. Last one. Yeah, yeah. A little heavier. Okay. Um, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, wow. No, that's a great one. You know, that's a great one. Yeah, it's like you know, what what do you want your epitaph to be? Start with the end in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, geez, you know, I, I should have this ready, you know, you know, and, and yeah. because it's so important. But, you know, I, I would say, you know, obviously for my for my wife and kids, my boys love my wife, you know. You know, but, you know, I, I think particularly of my boys and I always, you know, want them to know that, you know, I made the time for them. You know, no matter how successful you are, mm-hmm. you know, it, what would crush me is if my boys were like, hey, dad did a lot of cool stuff, but you know, never made the time for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd want yeah. what I want to be remembered for is, you know, loving husband and father um, that really invested his time and effort to, you know, you know to help his kids and yeah. others. You yeah. know, I want to leave, obviously, the world a better place. I'm going to care about my kids. Mm-hmm. But in the end, to take what it is that I've learned, you mm-hmm. know, things that I've done well and things, quite frankly, that I've screwed up and, and spare people that misery, <laughs> right. you know, and, and, too, and you know, and impart those lessons so that they can live a uh, better, more fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful, man. It's wonderful. Um, Mike, we'll link to all the, sh- all the web, to your website. To, uh, I'm sorry, to Words of Sent website, to your LinkedIn, the whole thing. Um, and certainly would encourage folks to, to go find and, and, and read and learn and, and be uh, part of what you guys are doing because it's powerful, meaningful work. And um, I just, again, publicly kind of want to tell you thank you, man. Thanks for being willing to share your story. Thanks for um, kind of opening up parts of those old chapters and revisiting them and, and dusting them off and, and learning um, or teaching some of the lessons you learned. And, and, and uh, I, I just, I have so much gratitude for you and, and for the ways that you um, came and, and, uh, and, and shared with us today. So thank you so much, Mike. No, this has been wonderful, Justin. I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I mean, it's humbling mm-hmm. that somebody actually, you know, <laughs> cares enough to hear <laughs> what, what I think or I have to say. I appreciate that. But no, thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Mike Kinney. Thank you, sir. As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable. So thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.